0: This is the signal for Big Bill Naiji to begin one of the most important duties in the maintenance of his tribal lands. Only he and the other elders are traditionally entrusted with the task of burning the grasslands. They must clean the country, they say, but strictly according to Aboriginal law. Bill's son, Jonathan Yaramana, has come to learn just how and when the fires may be lit. The time is right when the birds begin to migrate. The young animals born in the grasslands have grown to maturity by this time, and so can escape fire. It's also a comparatively cool time of year, and beneath the dry stalks there is still dampness. Fires will not rage out of control, and so the country will be cleansed but not devastated. If the laws about burning are broken, and fires are started later, in the season of heat and dryness, there will be great loss of life.
1: G'day guys and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair dinkum Aussie, or you just want to understand what the flipping hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, You've come to the right place, so sit back, grab a cuppa and enjoy Aussie English. G'day you mob, how's it going? Welcome to this episode of Aussie English, the number one podcast for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English, but not just for them, for anyone who is trying to get to an advanced level in English and beyond as well. So, remember guys, the Aussie English Podcast is brought to you by the Aussie English Classroom. This is my online classroom with my courses and all the content that I create to help listeners just like you improve your English. So, if you're working on pronunciation, you're trying to improve expression, comprehension and use, you want to expand your vocab uh, and you want to do so with the bonus content for these episodes and much more, go to the Aussie English Class. And sign up. And remember, you can try that for just $1 for your first month, okay? If instead you would just like the transcripts and the MP3s for these podcasts, that's all you're after. You just want to be able to read and listen. Make sure that you're understanding everything that I'm saying. Then make sure you go to The Aussie English Podcast podcast.com and for the price of a coffee per month, you will get access, unlimited access to all of the transcripts and MP3s that you can download and you can listen and read, um, do everything you want with them anytime anywhere. Anyway, guys, the movie scene at the start there, I hope you like that. That was a snippet from a David Attenborough doco. I'm not sure exactly which one, but I found that on YouTube and thought that I would chop a little part out of it and show you it, because it has something to do with what we will talk about at the end of this episode, and that is bushfires, okay, and Indigenous Australians use and have used for many thousands of years bushfires to control the land, for hunting, for many different purposes. Anyway, we'll chat about that in the Aussie English Fact at the end of today's episode. All right. So, as usual, let's start with an Aussie joke. So, I decided to try and find a tree joke, a joke about trees, because today's expression references the limb of a tree as in a large branch on a tree. Okay. So, here's the tree joke. Is the joke about trees. How do trees get online? How do trees get online? They just log in. <laughs> Woo! They just log in. Do you get it? There's a pun there with the word log, right? A log is a thick part of a branch of a tree that has been chopped up, right? If you chop a tree down and you chop the trunk up or a large branch up, you get logs, those small chunks of wood. That's a log. So, how do trees get online? They just log in because log in too is to get online. I don't know. I don't know. Bad joke. All right, so, today's expression, guys, is to go out on a limb, to go out on a limb, to go out on a limb for someone. You'll usually hear it in that kind of pattern. So, this came from Kel, my wife in the Aussie English classroom. Seemed like a lot of you guys in the Facebook group were a bit busy this week, so, we only had two expressions to choose from. Fatima, you almost got there, but next week. We'll try next week. So, let's go through and define the words in the expression to go out on a limb, to go out on a limb for someone. So, to go out, to go out, this is to move in an outwards direction, right? You can go out of a house, which is to exit the house, to leave the house, to move out of the house. You can go out of the city, you know, if you're in the city and you go out of the city, you're moving outwards from the city, you're leaving the city. But if you go out on something, now by saying on something, we're talking about moving out you know, moving outwards, moving in an outwards direction, but now we are on something, right? Like you're standing on something. So, maybe you go out on a balcony. If you have a balcony in your house, you walk out on the balcony, you go out on the balcony. Maybe you're a tightrope walker and you're about to walk out on the tightrope, you are going out on the tightrope, okay? So, to go out on something is to move outwards on something. And the last word here, a limb, a limb, a limb can be an arm or a leg of a person or an animal or maybe the wing of a bird, right? A limb. But in this sense, it is a large branch of a tree, which resembles a limb, I guess, of an animal. <laughs> you know, it's a long, thin um, part of an organism in that case, a large branch of a tree. So, what is the expression to go out on a limb or to go out on a limb for someone mean? So, if you go out on a limb, it can be that you are isolated, but generally, it means that you put yourself in an isolated position in which you're supporting someone, but you yourself don't have the support from other people. So, you can go out on a limb to support someone, to protect someone, to help someone, and the idea there being is that you're doing it alone. You're not doing it with a lot of other people's support behind you. So, maybe as well, it could be that you're in a position where you're not joined or supported by other people when you're supporting someone. Um, And another definition here was to do something that is strongly believed in, usually in support of other people when it's risky or extreme. And I guess that ties in, it's risky or extreme because other people aren't doing it with you. Okay. And the phrase is referring to climbing a tree and going out on the limb of the tree As if, I guess, you were chasing an animal or maybe you're leaning out and trying to get an apple or some fruit. But you're taking a risky course of action. You're doing something that's dangerous in order to get something. Um, So, you're putting yourself in a sort of uncomfortable position to go out on a limb, to go out on a limb for someone. So, the origin of this expression was that it was first used in a... Figurative usage back in the late 19th century, in 1895, when it was used in the Staudenville Daily Herald, a US newspaper. However, here it's not actually referring to climbing trees, (laughs) but instead it was referring to being, um, having someone isolated, having them isolated so that they were vulnerable in a vulnerable position. And the quote was, we can carry the legislature like hanging out a washing. The heft, the main part of the fight, will be in Hamilton country. If we get the 14 votes of Hamilton, we've got them on a limb. All we have to do is shake it or saw it off. Okay, so, the idea here being, well, I don't know what the context is for trying to get votes, but... If they get enough votes, they will have, I take it, the opposition in a vulnerable position. And he's talking figuratively when he says he'll have them on a limb. And all they have to do is shake the limb or to saw the limb off, right, to get rid of them, I guess. So, let's go through three examples of how I would use this expression in day to day life. Okay. So, example number one, imagine you're working in a factory. So, you're a factory worker, you are a labourer, you work with big machinery, with tractors, robots, conveyor belts, all of that sort of stuff. One day, you make a catastrophic error and you accidentally leave a tool in a part or a you know, section of the machinery. So, maybe it's a spanner or a screwdriver or, you know, bolts, nuts, whatever it is, and they get sucked into the machine and they do irreparable damage to that machine. They destroy that machine. So, you notice that, you see that, you freak out, you're really worried, you think you might lose your job because you're stuffed up and you've cost the company a heap of money because they need to replace that equipment, but your boss goes out on a limb And he saves you from losing your job. So, maybe he reports to the people above him at the company and he tells them how skilled you are, how important you are, how integral you are, how crucial you are for the company. And maybe he explains it wasn't really your fault or it was a simple accident. So, you don't get fired because your boss went out on a limb for you. He puts himself in a vulnerable position in order to support you and maybe without anyone supporting him when he does that, but he saves your job. Example number two. Imagine you're an up-and-coming footy star, you know, you love footy, you play footy, football, Australian rules football in Australia. You're a kid, you're a young kid who's been playing all his life, training hard, and your dream is to get selected and play on an AFL team. So, you go to tryouts and you are showing a whole bunch of scouters, people who are selecting uh, young up-and-comers to go onto these these uh, footy teams. And you have to show your stuff. You have to show them what you're made of, right? So, ultimately, it's their decision as to whether or not you get on the team. And if one of the scouts sees you, although you haven't been been performing incredibly well, um, you haven't done as well as you would normally, but he sees you and he thinks, this kid's got a bit of talent, I think he's going to go far, he might go out on a limb and support you when he talks to the other scouters and convinces them to put you through into the team to select you, right? So, he goes out on a limb for you in order to get you through, right? He wants to support you and he's doing it alone. He's not doing it with other people's help. He's isolated. He's vulnerable. Example number three. Maybe you are a fisherman on a fishing boat and you're out at sea when there's a huge storm with thunder, with lightning, and it rolls in before you can do anything, before you can get back to port safely. So, the swell is really huge. You know, the waves are up and down, you know, three, four, five metres. You're really worried that the boat is going to capsize in this swell, that your crew might get thrown off the boat, get thrown overboard and likely drown. And obviously, that you will lose the catch the fishing catch that you've got this trip. So, the Coast Guard might come out to try and save your lives. So, these are the sailors whose job it is to help sailors or fishermen in distress at sea. So, they come out in their vessel into the storm and they find you. They get you guys on board. They hook your boat up to their boat so that they can tow it all the way back to the port and have your vessel get all the way back to safety without, you know, hopefully too much damage. Despite the fact, though, that they're putting their lives in danger, right? There's a lot of peril. The storm could endanger them as well. So, despite the dangers, the Coast Guard went out on a limb to rescue you and your crew. They were isolated. They put themselves in a vulnerable position in danger in order to rescue you. They really went out on a limb to save your lives. So, I guess, too, I might add here, because I just realised I haven't touched on this, you can also use to go out on a limb when you're talking about something you don't know much about, right, or when you put something forth and you're not really sure. So, Kel came in before and was talking to me about this suggestion, and she had thought about it during IELTS, where if you get asked a question you don't know much about, you know, maybe they say to you, what's your thoughts on the political situation in Bosnia? (laughs) You might say, "Uh, okay, you've kind of caught me off guard, I'm not prepared, but I might go out on a limb and say that the political situation is not too good, right? So, you're, you're going out on a limb, it's like here, it's like saying you're going to take a risk, you are going to put yourself in a vulnerable position, right? I'll go out on a limb and say that this... So, hopefully, you guys understand the expression to go out on a limb. Generally, it's used when you're putting yourself in an isolated position, but you're supporting someone or you're trying to help someone, right, without the support of other people. Or it's to do something you strongly believe in without the support of others when it's very risky or extreme. And it can be also when you want to comment on something that you don't know much about, right? As in, you're going to take a risk and give your opinion. You're going to go out on a limb and say blah, blah, blah. So, as usual, let's go through a little listen and repeat exercise, guys, where you can practice your pronunciation. And And remember, if you want to work on your specific accent, if you're not working on an Australian accent, you're working on a British, a New Zealand, a US accent, whatever it is, just Copy the words that I'm saying, but don't necessarily copy my accent exactly. But if you are working on an Australian accent, then really try and mimic how I say these things if you want a general Australian accent. Okay, let's go. To. To go. To go out.
2: To go out on. To go out on nah. To go out on a limb. 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 I went out on a limb for him. You went out on a limb for him. He went out on a limb for him. She went out on a limb for him. We went out on a limb for him. They went out on a limb for him. It went out on a limb for him.
1: Good job, guys. Good job. Now, remember, if you want to get the full breakdown of all of these phrases, all of these sentences step-by-step, step, join the Aussie English classroom. And not only will you get the video for the pronunciation, the connected speech, everything that's in this section, not only will you get that, but you'll get all of the other videos for today's expression episode, including the vocab breakdown and the expression breakdown for the other interesting parts um, of vocab and expressions used in this episode. So, go to the classroom.com Sign up and check out those videos for this episode, as well as 50 other episodes that are up in there as well. All right. So, I mentioned at the start today that I was going to talk about bushfires. So that's today's Aussie English fact, as you may or may not know, bushfires in Australia are relatively prevalent. They happen every single year. They're always on the news during the dry and hot seasons. All right. So, let's go through a little bit about bushfires. Bushfires are a frequent and important part of Australian climate and its environment. They're so prevalent in Australia due to the mostly hot and dry climate that we have here in Australia, and fires occur on an annual basis every single year, primarily during summer or during the dry season up in the north of Australia, and the impact is extensive. It happens all over the place, to bushland, to forests, and even to suburbia, where people have decided to build houses around forested areas, around or in forested areas. So, although, on one hand, they have the potential to cause extensive property damage and even loss of human life, on the other hand, bushfires are an important part of Australian ecosystems and the biology and life cycles of many native flora and fauna. For example, Positive effects of bushfires include heating up the soil, cracking seed coats and triggering the germination of many plant seeds, triggering woody seed pods held in the canopy to open up and release their seeds onto a fresh and fertile ash bed below. And this happens with banksia plants. Clearing thick understory in forested areas to reduce competition for plant seedlings. So, those seeds, when they land in that ash bed, are more able to grow quickly because of the ash as nutrients, but they also have less competitors because they have been burnt away. Bushfires also encourage new growth that provides food for many animals. And they also create hollows in logs and trees that can be used by animals for nesting and for shelter. And Aboriginals in Australia often light bushfires, which is a practice called traditional burning. And they do this in order to make access easier through thick and prickly vegetation. Maintain a pattern of vegetation to encourage new growth and also attract game for hunting. So, they want to attract animals in to eat the new vegetation so that they can hunt these animals. And they also do it to encourage the development of useful food plants for cooking, warmth, Signalling and even spiritual reasons so this practice was done for so long more than 40,000 years that many ecosystems in Australia have adapted to this and they rely on regular fires lit by humans in order to thrive. That said, there are many negative effects of fires, which include the damage done to vegetation in communities, such as rainforests, where it can often take hundreds of years for rainforests to recover from a fire. Um, They can kill and injure plants and animals, they can cause erosion and the subsequent sedimentation of creeks and wetlands, which is where the erosion goes into the water and it decimates the local flora and fauna. It makes it hard for them to survive there. It can also open up areas to the impacts of weeds and feral animal invasion. So, where trees and plants and everything have been burnt away, weeds can come in and live there. Animals that have been feral and um, introduced into Australia like rabbits, foxes, they can more easily get in too. And also, humans suddenly now have access to these places and they can vandalise these places as well. How are bushfires in Australia managed? If you come to Australia, you may sometimes see practices such as backburning and prescribed burning taking place in places like national parks and other forested areas around the country near uh, suburbs. And this is usually outside the bushfire season. It's usually done then when they set fires to the understory, to grasslands, etc., in order to burn away excess. Wood excess grass etc to make it safer and easier to control during summer and also communities as well as individual Households in these areas usually have plans. They'll be encouraged to have Bushfire action plans so that if a bushfire should occur They know exactly what they need to do in order to get out safely to evacuate the area So let's chat about the worst bushfire in Australian history. This bushfire was called black Saturday, and it was actually hundreds of bushfires all on this one day, and it was the worst Australian bushfire in terms of lives lost. These fires were a series of bushfires that were ignited... Um, or were burning across the state of Victoria on Saturday the 7th of February in 2009. So, it was nine years ago, with the final fire going out or being put out more than a month later on the 14th of March. The fires occurred during extreme bushfire weather conditions and resulted in Australia's highest ever loss of life from a bushfire with a total of 180 fatalities, and a further 414 people were injured as a result of the fires. There were as many as 400 individual fires recorded that day, with the total amount of burnt area, including more than a million acres, so about half a million hectares of land. What caused these fires? There were various confirmed causes of these fires, including power lines, lightning, machinery, and even arson, so people had actually lit these fires on purpose. And more than 3,500 buildings, including 2,000 homes, were burnt to the ground and completely destroyed so it was a very tragic event and if you ask any australian about black saturday they will know what you're talking about and they will know about the tragic loss of life anyway guys i hope you've enjoyed this episode today i hope you've learned a little bit more about english some expressions a little bit more about australian history as well although recent australian history and i hope you guys have an amazing weekend and i'll see you soon peace out G'day, mate. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aussie English Podcast. If you wish to support the podcast and help me keep bringing you content, you can do so via my Patreon page. Remember, it's my mission here at Aussie English not only to help you understand Australian English, but to speak it like a native. Have a ripper of a day, and I'll see you in class.